0: Nick and Trista with the night off. they are on vacation. They'll be back on Monday. It's myself, Ryan Horvath, PJ Glasser, once again, holding it down here on Thursday, February 22nd. The return, page of the NBA. PJ's been so excited about the return of the NBA. He was sending me messages. He was sending me AIMs, AOLs, text messages since 4 a.m. He's so excited that the association, as he calls it, is back. We got some college hoops. Not going to lie, not the best slate. Uh, not really excited about college basketball. There are a couple of really good games in the NBA. I'm actually excited to bet some NBA uh, here, which is rare for me. Um, we're also going to obviously talk a little NFL because that's what we like to do. We got some great guests that are going to join us. In about 20 minutes, we're going to be uh, joined by Brad Evans. So, Peach, let's just get right into it, man, because I know there's a couple things that you like in college hoops and in the NBA. Uh, where do you want to lead us? Where do you want to start off right now?
1: You know what? Let's start with the NBA because they are okay. back in action. Ryan, I got three bets tonight. We got two sides and we got a prop. The first two sides that I like. I'm on the Nets tonight, minus 105. This is a PJ spot that I bet 11 times out of 10. Whenever a coach in any sport gets fired, we back that team the following game, right? Jock Vaughn got fired over the All-Star break. This is the Nets' first game since then. We're taking a minus 105 tonight at Toronto. Last night, we were talking about this game. Nets were plus 2.5. They were like plus 115, plus 120 on the money line. So some money's coming in on them. I like the Nets tonight. I think they're going to win. And then I like the Clippers against the Thunder as well. Thunder have actually taken some money a little bit. They've gone from minus 115 to minus 120. I like the Clips, though, in this spot. I just think that this is one of those games. You got two top teams in the West. The Thunder, that young up-and-coming team. The Clippers are that veteran team that even though this group that's been together, obviously Kawhi and Paul George and now James Harden, they haven't experienced any championships or, like, you know, winning. But they're certainly a veteran team. And they have the elder, experienced players. And uh, I think this is going to be one of those games that they kind of let OKC know, like, you're having a great season, but if you want to go through the West, you still got to go through us and you still got to go through the Denver Nuggets. So Clippers, Nets, two sides that I'm on. And speaking of the Nuggets, I know when Nick Ashew's hosting this show, he always loves betting against uh, the Wizards and betting on the big men whenever the Wizards are playing. Well, we got Jokic coming off the All-Star break, fully healthy, well-rested, going up against the Wizards. Jokic to record a triple-double tonight, Ryan, plus 150 on BetMGM. Yes, please. So uh, those three bets in the NBA tonight. Then I got Florida Atlantic in the first half against SMU. We were talking about this game a little bit yesterday. I just want to get the first half with uh, FAU minus three and a half. You know, we were on St. John's full game yesterday. We had Meg McDonald on. She likes St. John's in the first half. She cashed that. We lost the full game bet. So I just want to get in, get out with FAU, bounce back off that loss against South Florida. I think they do that. And then I like Minnesota tonight as well, minus three and a half against Ohio State. Just think it's a good spot to fade the Buckeyes, right? I mean, you could just see that game coming against Purdue. Number two team in the country. You're at home. Chris Holtman gets fired. Rally the troops. Go all in. Get a big-time win. Now, I think there's a little bit of a letdown as they head to Minneapolis and take on the Gophers. So I'll take Minnesota, FAU tonight, and they give me Jokic triple-double, the Nets, and the Clippers. What say you? All
0: right, so... Yeah, we got a couple of the same ones. I'm with you with the Nets tonight, and I'm obviously with you with the Clippers. That one does scare me a little bit, but, um, you know, it may be a fade for the Clippers tomorrow night. It's the first night of a back-to-back. Uh, I got the lineups pulled up because the NBA's back, and you know you have to check that right before tip-off because guys will just sit like 30 minutes before tip. Uh, I also have the Orlando Magic. It's one we gave out on the show. We talked about it last night. I liked them at 8.5. The Cavs are the hottest team in basketball, or one of them at least. But I just thought that number was a little inflated, um, and it was. Now Donovan Mitchell's out, so we gave out 8.5 last night. It's 5.5. Donovan Mitchell's not going to play in this game for Cleveland. And the Magic are the best team against the number in the entire league, and they're 4-1 and one against the spread in their last five on the road. So even though they're a younger team, I trust them on the road. So um, I still like them at 5.5. Obviously liked it a lot better at 8.5 let's get to some of these uh, lineups really quick. So Fultz is out for the Magic. Uh, Ty Jerome's out. Donovan Mitchell's out. And then uh, Thompson's out for the Cavs. Everybody else, I mean, first game back from the All-Star game, pretty much everybody's playing tonight. Obviously for Philly, no Embiid tonight. Uh, Brad Beal's out for Phoenix. Shocker. Um, for the Bulls, Pat Williams is out. Patrick Williams. Uh, for the Pelicans, Brandon Ingram's out. And then Jamal Murray's a game-time decision. Chris Paul's out for the Warriors, but pretty much everybody's a go tonight, so that makes uh, handicapping these games pretty easy. So looking at the spreads right now, the Magic down to 5.5, like I said, on the road against the Cavs. The total's 214.5. The Pistons are 11.5-point dogs taking on the Pacers. That total, Paige, 247 and a 247.5. So the total in Magic Cavs, 214.5. Then the total in Pistons, Pacers, 247.5. Another one I like tonight, give me the Sixers. One-and-a-half-point favorites against the Knicks. Uh, 228.5 is the total. Everybody's going to be on the Knicks in this spot. Sixers are favored in this spot, even without Embiid. I'll take Philly. Really small. I'm with you on the Nets. They're 1.5-point dogs on the road in Toronto. Total in that game, 231.5. Like I said, no Brad Beal for the Suns. They're 2.5-point dogs on the road against Dallas. The total in that game, 244.5. Kyrie's going to play. I like the Bulls a little bit tonight at the United Center. It was 7.5 last night. Now it's up to 8.5. Everybody's playing for Boston, but... Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum both played in the All-Star game. Uh, Jalen Brown was in the dunk contest. The Bulls were sitting around doing nothing. So I kind of like them to cover tonight. I think they'll get up for this game, first game back. 224 and half is the total. And then, like I said, the Pelicans, no Brandon Ingram, but they're still 6.5-point favorites over the Rockets. Total 227.5. And then we both like the Clippers. They were two-point dogs. That's down to 1.5 against the Thunder. 235 and a half is the total. I'd say that's probably the best game of the night. And then a couple more Nuggets, 15 and a half point favorites over the Wizards. You like the Jokic triple-double. I also like that, plus 150, total 232 and a half. And then the Hornets and the Jazz. Uh, The Jazz, nine and a half point favorites at home, total 229 and a half. And then the Warriors, five and a half point favorites over the Lakers, total 243 and a half. We can hit on some of these games, obviously, later, but 12 games in the NBA. So a lot to choose from tonight. Uh... All I like in college basketball tonight is Florida Atlantic. I was, like, this close to betting Minnesota. Like you said, Ohio State coming off that big win. I Kind of like Minnesota in this spot. I might add that one really small with you. Um, And then with FAU last night when we talked about it, it was 5.5. That went up to 6.5. I do still like it. I was also looking for something to uh, use as a parlay piece with that. And unfortunately, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, I can't use Purdue. Because, like, tonight, I think Purdue wins. They bounce back. But do you think they cover? It's pretty big number and it's actually went down a couple points
1: yeah it is and obviously you know when they played minnesota um at home that was that was a close game in the second half minnesota had the lead by like six then they obviously lost to ohio state and then we're getting to the time of the year where it's like do you really trust purdue to cover these big numbers so yeah that that's a stay away for me tonight i think that arizona washington state game is also really good um That's the game I'm most excited for tonight, right? Because it's a chance to watch Washington State against a really good team. They're going to make the tournament this year. And it's just one of those great games that is like what the NCAA tournament is all about. And I think it's a good test for Arizona because it's a contrast to style. Zona ranks 15th in tempo, according to Ken Palm. Washington State is 310th. Think about the last couple of years, Arizona, how they've lost in the NCAA tournament. Look at who they've lost to. Princeton, yeah. who runs a slow, methodical offense, and they try to grind it out, win games in the 60s. Then they lost to Houston the year before. You can't run with Arizona, right? Like If you want to go up and down the floor with, with the Cats, it's just not going to happen. The way to beat them is to slow the game down. And that's what Washington State wants to do. So they're favored by 12 and a half tonight. And again, when you're playing against a team that plays that slow and you're at home and you get down early or you're trailing, you might try and like do uncharacteristic things and speed yourself up. Kind of lean towards the under in that game, 150 and a half. But uh, I'm interested to see Arizona tonight against Washington State and uh, also vice versa. I want to see Washington State against a good team. I want to see if uh, if wazoo's pretty legit this year
0: all right i have a rule um when the crappier team is favored over the better team and they're at home in college hoops no matter what even when i hate to do it you know that i have to do it do i bet stanford tonight stanford at home is 12 and 13 this season they're a game below 500 and then oregon you know they got off to a slow start but they're 17 and 9 they're on the road i mean they're not ranked but explain to me how or why stanford is favored in this game and and what would you do here i know you said you're staying away from both pac 12 games um and i agree with you on the arizona game but what do you think here stanford one and a half point favorites i mean it's essentially a pick it's minus 110 actually minus 120 now minus 120 stanford that's went up a little bit what do you think there
1: Yeah, I think that's a little bit of an indicator, honestly. I mean, Ryan, we're in the same boat with how we think about games like this, right? I mean, this is a market indicator. Like, I could only bet Stanford in the game. Let's put it that way. You know, it'd either be a pass or I'd either bet Stanford. There's no way I could take Oregon in a game like this, especially with some line movement. I mean, that's sharp money coming in on the Cardinal that's driving that price up. So, you know, these Pac-12 games, I mean, we've seen some funky spreads. I know when Colorado was going through the L.A. schools and they played – USC and UCLA, there were some weird spreads and, you know, these pick type games in the Pac-12, I mean, even though the records might be drastic, like at the end of the day, outside of Arizona and Wazoo, like there's really not separation between the rest of the teams for the most part, especially when some of these teams go on the road. So yeah, I- I'll probably end up staying away. I mean, we'll see how maybe we do on some of our seven o'clock Eastern, nine o'clock Eastern bets. That one's an 11 p.m. tip. If we're having a nice night maybe maybe we'll sprinkle a little something on the fight in McCaffrey's but uh other than that yeah. I'm gonna stay away
0: I'll do it I mean Stanford this season nine and four straight up at home they're eight and five against the spread at home they're obviously not great in pack 12 play either they're seven and eight um I'll take Stanford really small tonight everything's really small in college hoops I guess my biggest bet tonight would be the Clips uh grabbed it at two they're down to one and a half uh did you see this as well really quick some NBA news your boy Isaiah Stewart banned three games he had the assault charge dismissed though uh this dude how many fights is Isaiah Stewart been in yeah now, he's ooh.
1: remember the LeBron one where he was like cut mm-hmm. if uh if Isaiah Stewart if Isaiah Stewart and uh Draymond were on the same team who would you bet to have more technical fouls during the season
0: I'd probably go Draymond more technical fouls, but like if I had to bet on a cage match, you put those two in a cage. I'm betting Stewart all day. I would probably make him like a minus three fifty favorite. Oh, I he, mean, he
1: LeBron nope. is
0: the face of the NBA. He's pretty much the commissioner of the NBA, and he didn't care. Like no. he he wanted he wanted yeah. all of that. He, he like yeah, he he wanted a piece of LeBron. So you're right. I'd say he's probably the tougher of the two. But, yeah, it's hard to bet against Draymond. Because also, like, Draymond gets the Rodman treatment now, where he deserves most of the technical fouls. Like, anytime he, like, stomps on somebody's chest or, you know, gives somebody an elbow, he obviously deserves to be kicked out of the game. He deserves the technical foul. But also now it's like anything that he does, like even the chippy stuff, they tee him up right away. They have to send a message. That's what happens. Right. You know what I mean? He's built that reputation now, so he's always in He's always getting into something. Uh, some early scores really quick in the NBA with the return tonight from the All Star break. We got the Cavs up four to three on the Magic. Still 10-29 to go in the first quarter there, and uh, the Pacers are up seven to two on the Pistons, and then the uh, 76ers are up three to two on the Knicks, and PJ's Brooklyn Nets up three to two on the uh, Toronto Raptors. There we go. Clippers the game. Thunder tonight. I know we both like the Clippers. We talked about this a little bit last night. Would you be shocked if the Thunder did make a run to the NBA Finals this year? Like, if they just skipped ahead everybody else?
1: Just because yes. that's usually
0: not how it goes in the NBA. I mean, even the yes. Nuggets, it took Jokic. I mean, Jamal Murray was banged up. You you would?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, We were talking about this last night. I mean, really, the only team that we can remember doing that, certainly in the last, like, 10, 15 years, is that Thunder team with Durant, Westbrook, and Harden. And you're talking about three Hall of Famers. And certainly, SGA is a really good player. Chet's a really good player. But that OKC team, I think we all identified as, like, one of the best teams in the league. You know, this Thunder team is kind of like to the Orioles, is like the Orioles in, in a certain extent, right? It's like yeah. we could all see them coming. They're having a great year. They're exceeding expectations. When they get to the postseason, like, if they made a run, I certainly don't think it'd be shocking. But certainly in in the NBA, it's just way different than Major League Baseball. Um so yeah. I, I would be shocked, to answer your question. I, I, yeah, I really would be shocked. it's different than any shocked. other sport, right? Like, yeah. Because
0: in football, I mean, nobody saw the Bengals making that run a couple of years ago, and obviously, like, they lose in the Super Bowl to the Rams, but nobody saw that coming. Their win total that year was five and a half coming into the season. Even like yep. the Texans, just making the playoffs and winning the playoff game, their win total was five and a half going into the season. You get the right quarterback. You get the right coach. You can turn things around. In the NBA, it always takes some time. All right, coming up, Brad Evans still to come tonight. Dan Karpik's going to join us from BetQL. Rob Brown from the Rob Brown Show. He'll join us, our number two. But next, Brad Evans joins us from stadium. Let's talk some college hoops with him and a little bit of everything. BetMGM MGM tonight, Ryan Horvath, PJ Glasser here on the BetQL Network. Now, back to Bet MGM tonight on the BetQL Network. Presented by Bet MGM. Bet MGM tonight. It's Ryan Horvat and PJ Glasser with you here on a Thursday night. College hoops. The NBA's back. We got 12 games on the slate tonight. Not a great start for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Not a great start for the Brooklyn Nets. But it's the NBA, Peach. And you know what I always say? You want to be down 20 at the half. We'll get this to is scores true. later get to this man right now who gives us some time once every week he's a busy man brad evans ep co-host live on the line you hear him on stadium brad long time no talk we had a good time in vegas there was some tequila in vegas nick loved your jacket in vegas he's gonna bring it up every time we talk to you now you always wear that jacket though like i always see you in that jacket i need that jacket myself i need it all right before we get into anything else tonight's college slate not the best. We'll we'll talk a little bit about some of these upcoming games Saturday, some futures and whatnot. But uh, anything that you like that you got coming up, uh, still to go tonight.
2: Oh yeah, guys. How can you not like Minnesota? I mean, you want to talk about covering machines? That's what the Golden yeah. Gophers are. They're twenty-two and three ATS to Maruto in that category in college basketball. They're at home, and we've seen some line movement. Uh, it was a three and a half for an eternity, and last I checked, it was at minus three that the gophers are laying against the ohio state so maybe some late money coming in on the buckeyes which frankly i do not understand because the buckeyes suck on the road uh, let me give them the numbers to back it up they're 0-7 this season and oh it gets far worse than that 249 in efg offense and 327 on the road in efg defense other uh, bottom feeders in that category i know uh, you know, you're thinking about, oh, look what they did at Purdue, Evans. Uh, they can turn around and take down Minnesota. But the Golden Govers have been advanced analytics. Starlings, all season long, they're going to have the best players, I think, on the floor in Dawson Garcia and Cam Christie. And you look at Minnesota, too, from an advanced analytics uh, perspective, 14-3 straight up at home. And they are top 65 in the country in AMG offense and AFG defense. And they're about uh, 55 spots higher over the last 30 days. Overall, according to uh metrics, so guys, I'm gonna lay uh, the three and a half. That's what I grabbed it at. Obviously, I played at minus three. Da 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 da. Sledgehammering home, guys. Minnesota yet again. Again, 22 and three ATS this season.
1: Not too shabby, Brad. We we like those kind of numbers. Anything. For you in the top 25 matchup tonight, Arizona and Washington State. Ryan and I were talking about this. It's just going to be one of those great college basketball games where you got such a contrast in styles. Arizona wants to run yeah. and gun, Wazoo wants to slow it down. Does that make you lean a certain way? Like, do you think if you like Arizona, maybe the over is the play? If you like Wazoo, is the under the play? What are your thoughts on the matchup?
2: Yeah, usually home team dictates tempo. I mean, that's kind of the, uh, you know, golden rule that is out there that a lot of us uh, buy and subscribe, in, you know, too. But I think Washington State, Kyle Smith is uh, definitely in the conversation. I, I think, honestly, needs to be higher on the list of National Coach of the Year candidates. What he has done with his Cougars team is uh, nothing short of astonishing. You know, a lot of people thought they were going to be bottom feeders in uh, the swan song of the Pac-12. And they're right now in the thick of it. And, you know, we'll see what they can do in Tucson. But you're right, it's all about contrast and style. So the numbers to back it up, for the last 30 days, uh, Arizona, the... 37th fastest team in college basketball comparatively, and Washington State number 348 in that category. So uh, I think Arizona's going to try to rev the engine, speed up uh, the Cougs, and get them to play a sprint. As Washington State, you know, conversely is going to try to play this in a half court grind. I will say, uh, Arizona, you know, largely susceptible defensively over the last month, number 154 in EFGD, and their biggest weakness is getting out. And extending arms along the perimeter, guys. They're in that same span, number 272 in the nation in three-point percentage, D, which is a strength of Washington State, who's hitting 38.6% from way downtown over the last month. So uh, I actually took it at SGP, took Washington State at plus 15.5 on the old spread, and I took the over at 141 and a half. I got that at even money at MGM and honestly, if uh, you know, I had to play the standard line, I like Wazoo, plus a 12 and a half as well. I think it's gonna be too many points. I think it's gonna be probably around a seven to nine point victory for the home team in AZ, which means the cover should side with the Cougs.
0: Brad, what do you think about the other late night Pac-12 matchup, because Stanford this season is 12 and 13, but they're one and a half point favorites, minus 120 on the money line, minus 115 in some shops against Oregon who it's not been a great season but they're 17 and 8 you know it would seem that Oregon's the side but the numbers telling you
2: Stanford's the side you know what would you do here if you had to do anything Guys, I wrote about this on TheGamingJuice.com, as a matter of fact, recently. It's a strategy that I have employed with some, um, you know, moderate success uh, in the least, and it's living in the middle. Uh, I don't care who wins the damn game, just don't get blown out by either team. Uh, so the way I'm playing the SGP market, and this is where you can take advantage of BetMGM because they have such a vast array of choices... SGPs, Uh, so I took Oregon way up to plus 11.5. I took Stanford way up to plus 8.5. Again, it doesn't matter who wins, just uh, don't win by more than nine points, either Stanford uh, or Oregon. And then you look at uh, the over, I grab it at one forty and a half. so I took that way down because this game should be a track mean. If I had to play one bet independently, it would be on the over. Talk about it today on Live Online at 150 and a half because Stanford, a team that loves to zip, 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 zip up and down the floor. Number 56 at adjusted the tempo the last 30 days. And they are number 10 in all of college basketball in the EFG a percentage offense in home matchups An Oregon other team know they're 231 in just a tempo over the last 30 days uh, they can play variable speeds they will run with Stanford again and the home team should be able to dictate the pace here and you also look at the Ducks uh, they're flapping their wings number 50 at EFG offense very effective team especially from along the arc where they're shooting over 37 uh, percent since late January so pull it all together guys I think the points are really going to pile up in this one and again Stanford is going to rev the engine and the Oregon Ducks will gladly run with him. so I'd like the over on that or if you want to live dangerously take in the middle like I suggested.
0: Brad, I hate to do this, but it's been almost 24 hours, and I love Illinois almost as much as you. Not as much oh. as you, but I love Illinois as well. I did bet against them last night, though, but Peach is starting to buy in a little bit. I just told them that Brad Underwood scares the hell out of me, and I just kind of know how this goes. They lose <laughs> 90-89. They're still 19-7 and this season. I still like Illinois, uh. but, like, your thoughts long-term and your thoughts on what you watched last night where they had a 10-point lead
2: with about two minutes to go. Uh, yeah, they had an eight-point lead with 35
3: seconds yeah. left
2: in the stinking game and found a way to squatter it and lose. I- I'm still baffled by it. I'm dumbfounded. I was watching with my 15-year-old son and my you wife, see. and my, my son got up angry, left the room, and he, he was uh, shouting expletives. And I said, just let him go. You know, he, he's got to get things yeah. off his chest. He was so irked, so ticked off at when transpired. I looked at my wife, and I was just dumbfounded. I'm like, what did I just witness? How did how did they lose this game? I have no idea whatsoever. I had to go back and watch the tape. Uh, that's a masochist in me to to see the, the uh, carnage unfold. And it was just miscues, a perfect storm opportunity for Penn State. They took advantage. Coleman Hawkins in the last two series uh, played really a villainous role for his own team. Missed a pair of free throws, uh, which could have you know put the game up. Uh, maybe out of reach with under 10 seconds to go and, and balloon the lead to four points. Uh, so he bricked both of those, and he was shooting 80% coming into the game. Then he turns around and makes body contact going underneath the shooter from outside, draws a foul. Of course, the Penn State player, uno, dos, tres. Uh, they get a one-point lead. Illinois gets a chance uh, to score around the bucket there with Justin Harmon. Time expires, and they unbelievably in inexplicably, uh, inexcusably lost that game. I, I still think this is the best constructed team to make a deep tournament run that Brad has ever had because of Coleman Hawkins' uh, mismatch ability. He can play literally every spot on the floor. Uh, Marcus Omask got that old man game, that step back, and he's so savvy there in the post, uh, whether calling his own number with a shot or dish it off to somebody uh, for an you know kiss off the glass or a slam. Shannon uh, Shannon's back to playing an All-American level. He hit a career-high 35 last night, uh, but made yeah. some mistakes in his own right, missing and squandering opportunities at the free-throw line. They have the goods. If they could even bring, let's say, a B plus B+, an A-minus game, this team is going to be uh, in the second week of the tournament. And if they do play at an A-level beyond that, they're going to represent the Big Ten in the Final Four and that fine institution in Champaign-Urbana so you know the jury is still out we'll see how they respond i'm glad it happened in february and not in march but again i, I i'm still just baffled at what i witnessed last night they had a 99.7 percent chance with 35 seconds to go to win the game and they lost it they lost it they choked
1: oh Brad, just I mean brutal. Absolutely brutal. But as Ryan said, I do like your Illini eye this year. I like the fact their four best players were all seniors and I love that backcourt of Shannon and Domask. Yeah. Want to get your thoughts on Kentucky. I was telling Ryan before we got on air, Brad, I'm going to throw an unhealthy amount of money on the Cats on Saturday <laughs> against Bama. We were talking about the game yesterday against LSU and just what a sandwich spot that was. You play Auburn on Saturday, game days there, you get that win Then you got the Tide coming up, the number one team in the SEC, and here's a trip to Baton Rouge middle of the week. They lose on a tip-in at the buzzer. Kentucky's lost three straight home games, Brad, three straight home games. Bama hasn't really beaten a good team away from home this season outside of Coleman Coliseum. What say you on Saturday? Kentucky's probably going to be a small favorite. Uh, Your early thoughts on that matchup?
2: I'll take the over. I don't care what the number is. And it could approach 180, uh, quite honestly. I mean, Ken Palm's got it uh, forecasted 90 to 88 uh, for uh, Kentucky winning that thing. And uh, it could be the first of, like, 105 wins. And you might say, oh, that's outlandish. That's an exaggeration. No, I think it's entirely realistic based on the up-tempo style of both teams. I mean, Alabama, inside the top five, at adjusted the tempo in the entire season. Uh, they really push pedal to metal, and Kentucky will gladly run with you. Now, here is the silver lining. Uh, take away from the LSU game. And, and I know Kentucky uh, blew a gold opportunity there and went back-to-back back, uh, and really get themselves uh, maybe higher up on the bracket big board available at the haven't projected right now as a six seed, but they only gave up 1.07 points per possession and a loss to the Tigers. And remember the other Tigers they played in Auburn the game before, they only allowed 0.85 points per possession, their finest defensive Performance of the entire year. So it's now back-to-back games. They played pretty good D, and if that trend continues, uh, I'll be really curious to see how that's going to match up against Alabama, uh, that all they do is get after on the offensive glass, and all they do is shoot three after three after three. Nearly 50% of their shots are coming from distance. But I'm with you. Uh, if I had to pick a side, we'll see what the line is. I'm guessing Kentucky 2.5 probably will be the chalk uh, when that line opens. I'm going to lay it. Uh, probably going to go out there and win by five or more points, but naturally guys I will likely SGP get in a plus money, take the total down windmill slam dunk, Dominique Wilkins style that over, and then maybe take Kentucky as well on the money line and that, uh, you know, depending upon what the number is that uh, I adhere to on the total, we could be looking at it like plus 125 to plus 150, given the fact it's going to be a pretty tight spread, and of course that will benefit and raise the juice there on that money line
0: Brad, what I love about your guys' show is you guys hit on every game, you know. So I know you're obviously gonna give your picks for the college slate coming up on Saturday. But we got great matchups. We got number two Houston uh, on the road against Baylor. Uh, so we'll be listening, you know, to your guys' comments on that. But I wanted to ask you about yeah. UConn coming off a loss. They're at home against Villanova. Is it just hammer UConn at any number? Do you think they bounce back? Or are you a little bit worried about them after that loss?
2: No, no, I'm not worried about him at all because it was an out-of-mind, out-of-body experience that Creighton had from outside uh, with the number of triples that they drained, uh, whether they were contested, whether they were uncontested shots. Uh, I mean, Ashworth was just a god. Uh, everything that was even his hand I thought was going in, and many of them did. I mean, Baylor Shireman didn't really show up in that game until the second half, and it was late. And it, they got you know just kind of a modicum level of production out of him and they still cleaned the clocks. I got to be careful how I, uh, you know, verbalize that. Cleaned yeah. the clocks of the opposition. Uh, UConn will bounce back. Uh, you know, maybe it's a recalibration of sorts. Uh, but Villanova, a team that's going to try to slow you down. Another team that is entirely reliant on the three. And then he will have zero answer size-wise for Donovan Klingin. He could go for like 25 and 15 in like 15 minutes. Uh, so I am going to be all in on UConn. I don't care where the spread is. I will lay the chalk, and I'm guessing uh, they're going to win this thing by 20 or more. Yeah, love it.
0: Brad, thanks so much for giving us some time tonight, man. Good luck to your eye with Iowa coming up this weekend. Hopefully we get a bounce back against the Hawkeyes because uh, I hate them. They've cost me a lot of money this season. Thanks so much, man. We'll be listening to you this week.
1: Thanks, Brad.
2: Much appreciated, guys. Go Golden Gophers. Keep covered. I love you.
0: There you go, Peach. You guys both love the Gophers and I, Brad Evans, host of On The Line, and uh, does a great job there. He always has a tremendous amount of energy. I wish he does. I had his energy. You know, maybe when my son is 15, I'll have that kind of energy. Until then, we do the uh, cold brews, even at night, Peach. Right now, quick update before we hit the break. The Owls, they were down. Wasn't looking good, Peach. 27-26. Still seven minutes to go in the first half. We need a run. Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah. Can I get it? Thank you. (laughs) BetMGM Tonight continues next. We're back with BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. BetMGM Tonight, Ryan Horvath, PJ Glasser with you here on a Thursday night. You're listening to BetQL presented by BetMGM. Listen to us on the Odyssey app and watch the show at twitch.tv backslash BetQL. You can check us out on YouTube. Check out the podcast wherever you find your podcast, BetMGM Tonight. Now, Peach as we sit here and we sweat the owls of Florida Atlantic, I, uh, I love this team so much last year. Every time I bet them this year, it's always a sweat. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk a little NBA. And cheer up and brighten our spirits a little bit. And let's do it with one of the best as far as player props. Dan Karpik joins us, director of digital content and retention over with the BetQL app. Dan, let's start it off right now. We're gonna get to a couple different things. The All-Star Game is where I want to lead you off, though, because we've talked I think the last two or three nights now about how we would fix the All-Star game. First, I want your thoughts on All-Star Saturday and the game on Sunday. And if you do think the game needs fixing, what would you do to fix the all-star game?
3: Yeah, I'll start with fixing the all-star game. I think we need to abolish the all-star game. I think that's how we fix it. Um, but in all seriousness, yeah. I think we should, I think we should add some more mini games, maybe add some, uh, a, a game of horse, uh, Did you guys see those those two scoop shots that Luca did from half court that almost hit the Jumbotron like we want that's I think what could really uh, open some eyes because that game just does nothing for anybody at this point. Um, I stopped watching the game after a couple possessions when I realized, okay, this isn't going to be any defense played whatsoever. Um, maybe you could reward them with more millions of dollars, but I don't know if that's really gonna make a difference either. So I would probably just abolish, yeah. uh, the game entirely. Um, it, I don't, did you guys actually bet that game by any chance? No, I'm curious, no, thank, no, I'm, God. Okay. thank you. God. that's
0: okay. that's my take too. I think we just eliminate the game Man, the season's already so long. Yeah. We have the in season tournament. Like guys are never going to care. There's nothing that you could do to make yep. guys care. It's a vacation. It, that's what it is. Guys want rest, man. It's just a vacation. I agree. I did not bet the game. I did bet Jalen Brown to win the dunk contest.
3: Oh, oh gosh, yeah. I mean, I'm a Celtics fan. That was just so disappointing on so many levels. I, I don't even have to get into that. I think the interesting part, though, is from a narrative perspective, there were a couple narratives like from the All Star game that I and from the Rising Stars game. That I got from a player prop perspective, we had Jaden Ivy going back and forth with uh, Benedict Matherin. and they're playing each other right now. They were kind of jawing at each other a little bit, so I I bet 20 plus points on both of them tonight. Uh, just sprinkled that on. That didn't get started off on a great foot uh, earlier today, but I think other than other than these little tiny storylines, I don't think you could really take too much out of that. I think everyone should just go on vacation. I went on vacation for a week. I got away, cleared my head and it did wonders for me. So I think those guys should be able to do the same thing. Dan, now that we are out of all-star break, is there
1: an angle that you look to attack here that maybe you don't use, you know, during the regular season, but are there certain teams, certain players, maybe certain spots that you really like to capitalize on when we get out of all-star weekend?
3: Yeah, so right coming out of All-Star weekend, some of these big lumbering guys like, you know, I'm a big lumbering guy myself so I could speak to this. It's good to have some rest for the, for the old legs and the old feet. So guys like Nikola Jokic, big bruisers down low, Jonas Valančiūnas for example, I expect to come out and play well tonight. I think this break really bodes well for guys like that who are or kind of more, uh, you know, Girthy down low post players that could really benefit from the rest. But other than that, though, I think this is actually the perfect time of the season to bet player props just because we have that big enough sample size where we could say, OK, this team really gives up a lot of assists to opposing point guards. This team gets crushed by opposing centers um, on the glass in the paint. I think that now is a good enough sample size for that Um, and that has allowed me over the last couple weeks to really um, you know gain a foothold on and and really improve uh, my overall units one here on the season uh, just because we do have that sample size behind us now and we kind of know what to expect especially after the trade deadline uh, when a lot of these other guys moved on so I this is my favorite time of the season to bet player props.
0: All right, I got the notepad. I got the pen. Let's get into it. What do you like tonight? We had a 12-game slate. Some of these games in progress right now. What do you like, if anything, uh, still to come tonight?
3: Well, we are going to start with the obvious place, which is Jazz Hornets. We're going to go right there. And I love this game because we're getting a concentrated attack on both sides. So when we look at this Hornets team here, it's with LaMelo Ball out, we're going – Trey Mann. It is Trey Man season here. Uh, Miller and Bridges, those three guys. I particularly love Mann. Over five and a half assists tonight. So with Lamella ball out, he's obviously going to get the ball in his hands a ton here. He's going to play 30 plus minutes. And since being acquired by Charlotte, he's registered nine, seven, and six dimes on nine potential assists per game on average. Not only that, but he gets the best possible matchup for opposing point guards from a facilitation perspective tonight. Utah has allowed an NBA-high 10.67 assists per game to opposing point guards, so that puts man into the best possible spot. This is my lock of the day. I absolutely love this play so much. On the other side, Walker Kessler, over nine and a half points. I thought this was a little bit too low. The Hornets have allowed 26.22 points per game to opposing centers this season. That's second worst in the NBA, so second most allowed in the NBA. That puts Kessler in a great spot here, especially since Kelly Olynyk is gone, traded away before the deadline. Uh, Kessler's gone over this market three out of his last four games, and he scored 10 points in just 16 minutes off the bench last time he played the Hornets this season. Charlotte's also allowed 53.8 points in the paint per game, seventh most in the NBA, and that's where Kessler pretty much does. He's a pretty one-dimensional guy, unfortunately, but he does shoot 69.3% from the field in his career so far his young career so he's taking most of his shots in the paint i think this is a great opportunity for him to get into double digits here so those two plays particularly from that game stood out and i have a couple others if if i have time to share oh, i yeah, I'd love still. to i'd love to include a couple more assist props i don't know what it is about assists but this is like my favorite category this is what has has given me a lot of success this season. Um, Josh Giddy over three and a half assists. This seems way too low to me. Uh, this is another guy who could make things happen in limited playing time. This has hit 71.7% of the time this season. So, you know, Giddy's playing time, yes, has been a little up and down. He played just 19 and 14 minutes in his two games against the Clippers, who he plays tonight earlier this season. But he had four assists in both of those games. If he sees 20 to 24 minutes, I think he should easily get over this number. There are a couple injuries on his team tonight. And, you know, when he's on the floor, he's not a guy who's going to be chucking up shots. He's going to be looking to facilitate and find the open guy. So I really like him. And the other assist player I really love is Anthony Davis, Shockingly, you know, with LeBron out, you might think, okay, Anthony Davis just gonna feed him the ball. He's gonna keep shooting over and over again. But the Warriors have actually allowed an NBA high 5.18 assists per game to opposing centers this season. And AD has put up 3.8 assists on 5.5 potential dimes per game this year as well. LeBron James is out, like I just mentioned. He's averaged a team high 7.8 assists and a team-high 12.4 potential assists. So... That's going to make Davis even more appealing here in my perspective. He's going to face a lot of double teams. I don't think they're going to stick just Draymond on him, but we've seen Draymond. He can take a couple swings at Anthony Davis and uh, make him want to pass the ball a little bit more than usual. Uh, but I think this is a great spot for him to facilitate um, as well. So those particular assist props I absolutely love. I already parlayed them together. Uh, got a little crazy tonight, but uh, those, those are what really stuck out to me.
1: I like it, Dan. Any any sides maybe that you, you were considering that you have leans on that you bet in any of the games tonight?
3: Yeah, so Utah, um, the BetQL model. I'll give away a BetQL play here four star play. Breaking news, uh, nice. he's going back to that Jazz game, um, minus nine and a half, uh, for the Jazz. We have that at minus 12 and a half. So really picking on the Hornets here. And I think moving down the stretch, yes, the Hornets are concentrated from a player prop perspective, but when a guy like Grant Williams is arguably your fourth best offensive player now, um, that's going to create some issues. Um, so I actually like um the Jazz to maybe make some moves down the stretch here in terms of climbing in the standings. Um, I think Will Hardy's a really good coach. I think uh, bringing Jordan Clarkson off the bench, he should absolutely eat in this game tonight. Um, it's just a smart move uh, having him lead that second unit. So we really have them uh, crushing in this game tonight. And the the models also on the Mavericks uh, minus two at home against the Suns. That's one of the the marquee games tonight. Um, I'm really keyed in on the player prop markets obviously but you know if I had to pick a side the the one that came to mind is the Celtics minus eight and a half um, against at the Bulls tonight I mean I'm a Celtics homer I'll admit it um, but this team is just so so good they could beat you in so many ways and I expect them to continue to prove that uh, in the second half
0: Dan, we got about 60 seconds before we got to let you go. Who do you think the biggest threat to the Celtics in the East is? Is it still the Bucs or are you feeling, uh, are you getting a little worried about the Cavs who are one of the hottest teams in the league? You know who
3: I think it is? This might surprise you. I think it is the New York Knicks. Wow. And I never thought I'd say that. Um, shout out to Sean Hagen, who's a, a, a co worker at BetQL, a big Knicks fan. But I think that this team is deep. I think when they get Julius Randle back, I think a lot can also be said about the team chemistry here. Um, You obviously can't see that in a box store. You can't see that in analytics, but these guys genuinely really like playing together. I think it's actually gonna be the Celtics and the Knicks in the Eastern Conference Finals. And they actually scare me a little bit. Um, Ultimately, I think the Celtics are gonna get it done with Doc Rivers now uh at the helm of Milwaukee I think that might be a downgrade I really was shocked at that move um as a former Celt as you know a Celtics fan I, I remember the Doc Rivers era um I-, I don't trust him whatsoever and with him being injured I don't trust the 76ers uh or anybody else really so I am scared of the Knicks which I never thought I'd say
0: Dan, thanks so much, man. We appreciate your time. We'll talk again soon. That's Dan Karpik, NBA player prop specialist over for BetQL.
3: Thanks,
1: Dan. Okay, guys.
0: Uh Peach. I'm not even gonna say it.
1: Nobody say anything. Woo. Same seats. Let's just woo. go to commercial break. Let me Can the I owls. tell you the commercial break is coming of at course. a perfect time. Let's just it, keep it really woo we this is why you
0: up for right now on SMU. Peach has three and a half in the first half. We're back for the second half of the show, the second hour at least. Bet MGM tonight. It's Ooh. time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere though, because
3: we'll be right back with even more Bet MGM tonight, presented by Bet MGM, live from BetQL.